by Karen Cyphers. Karen, a friend of Dan Markell's, an advocate for the Markell family regarding legislation known as House Bill 1119. And Karen, good morning. Welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm well, thank you, Preston. Thanks so much for having me back. I just wanted to actually start off by thanking you on behalf of the Justice for Dan community. We so appreciate the extraordinary attention you've given this case since day one. We thank you for all of your efforts. I mean, you know, I'm just holding up a mirror, doing the best I can to reflect what's going on. And, And this case, thankfully, seems to be moving towards more and more justice. But but Karen, you you started advocating early on about something that is, I don't know how else to put it. It just seems evil to me. Um, tell us first about why you started carrying the torch for legislation known as House Bill 1119. Well, the, the effort began many years ago when Ruth Markell shared with me her struggles about reuniting with her two grandsons. Uh, following the first set of arrests in this case, she and her uh, and Dan's father Phil were cut off uh, from any contact with the kids, and like you said, that that did feel evil. Um, it felt wrong, uh, so we began a process of looking at uh, how to address Florida law to make it a little better for families like them. How how was it explained to Ruth and Phil that uh, what was the reason given for them not being allowed to see their grandsons? Well, I mean, this was addressed during both trials, actually. Uh, Wendy said she was under the impression the Markells had been attempting to uh, gain custody of the children. That was never the case. Uh, They really just wanted to set up a provisional plan for what would happen to the kids in the event that other arrests of family members happened. Um, But when it comes to Florida law, the problem was that uh, in cases like that, the Markells couldn't even go to a court. They couldn't file a motion. Uh, They couldn't even ask to present their case for a chance to see the grandkids. There was zero access to courts for families like theirs. So why why did, why is this so difficult? I mean, it, it would seem to be a pretty open and shut deal, but it it took actu- actually lobbying to get the legislature to do something. It did, and it took the good fortune of uh, a House Speaker who uh, was a former prosecutor himself, who was able to see the nuance of the situation and Florida law and make a path forward that that actually protected parents. Um, as the top priority, while also creating access to courts for grandparents in very limited circumstances. So the bill says only this. If the living parent has been found responsible for the death of the other parent by a civil or criminal court, the grandparents can then petition and ask for a chance to visit. Uh, But at that point, the courts would consider all of the factors they already do to make a determination about what's best for those kids. So the beauty of the law is that it actually protects the interest of parents, in some cases maybe before a murder would actually take place. How would this apply in this case where Wendy Adelson, the the mother of the children, Dan's ex-wife, has not been charged with any kind of crime here? How does this bill afford the Markells the option, the right to see their grandsons? Uh, in the immediate, it, it does not. I think, uh, like I said, the beauty of it is in part that even if a living parent has not been found culpable uh, for the death of the other parent, the bill does create a pretty strong disincentive for a parent to cut contact between the children and the grandparents. Um, you know, going through civil litigation must not be a fun thing. Uh, and so in some cases, I imagine that there would create an incentive 
to that living parent to voluntarily allow contact between the kids and the deceased parent's family. Um, it, it creates a, yeah, it closes a loophole, really, and it creates a disincentive for families to see murder as a solution to a custody battle. Karen Cypher's with me this morning. It's House Bill 1119. It has been passed. It has not been signed yet. The reason it has not been presented to Governor Ron DeSantis yet, but the clock is ticking. We'll get to that as well as something that was said in Katie McBanois' trial a few weeks ago that caught the attention of Karen. We'll get to that next. Karen Cypher's with me, a friend of Dan Markell's and uh, the FSU law professor, of course, murdered eight years ago this July. And uh, the family of Wendy Adelson now is implicated and charged in the crime, at least Charlie, her brother. Uh, there could be more charges coming to other family members. Um, how much time do we have before the governor is is, is not even going to have the chance to sign it? Uh, I mean, I believe that it would have to be before July. So the clock really is ticking. Yeah, June 30th, I think, is the deadline there. Um, you know, when, when we talked with uh, you before, I think we found out, Karen, that, um, that Wendy had made arrangements for the Markells to see their grandsons just as this second trial was getting underway, uh, maybe just as Charlie was being arrested. I can't remember exactly when, but we've learned that it was a one-hour visit that, you know, it's kind of like, okay, thanks for that. Um, Wendy's behavior in all this, there are a couple things I think are important for you to point out. Yes. Uh, well, I, I should say the Markells were very delighted to get to spend time with their grandsons uh, in April. Um, it, within 24 hours of that, however, the news of Charlie's arrest broke, and at that point, uh they were essentially uninvited from attending bar mitzvah for the older grandchild. That would have uh, that actually happened two days before Magdalena's trial began. Now we know that Wendy changed their last name from Markel to Adelson, um, but there's more. Sure, you know, uh, listening to the trial this time around, uh, you know, she told the jury that she communicated with the Markels in advance of changing the boy's last name. Uh, when Danny was killed, the boys had the last name Markel. Um, when enrolling them in school about a month later, she enrolled them under the name Adelson. Uh, this was never communicated to the Markels, uh, and when she officially legally changed the name, that was also the case. They learned about it after the fact. But she told the jury, uh, for what it's worth, under oath, that she communicated in advance with the family. And, uh, and in truth, they were, they were gutted to hear it, and uh, it had already happened by the time they knew. So she lied under oath, which, you know, that it might seem to be an insignificant lie, but it's still a lie under oath, which is, I think, an interesting development. But it just speaks to the meanness of all of this. Why, what reason, what justification is Wendy giving for erasing the father from their existence? I mean, she, she told the jury again that she did so um, under heightened media attention to protect the boys, that somehow having the last name Markel would be dangerous to them. Um, and, and re in reality, though, it feels like a very cruel afterthought to a terrible act, um, compounding that tragedy dramatically. There's very little that a grandparent can do if the conditions of this bill are not met. Is that something that needs further attention, Karen? Because I would think that that's still troubling to the Markells. 
Uh, maybe so. And I think, you know, in Florida, we, we do have uh, protection of a very strong constitution that provides very strong rights for parents. Uh, and, in, and in one sense, that's a very good thing. Uh, so the challenge is finding, you know, the challenge that we faced in approaching this was to find bill language that really respected that fact, uh, while also creating an opening for grandparents who were facing the unthinkable. Yeah, I think the provision that you talk about, that there are just certain circumstances that require, and we use this word a lot on this show, and you've used it a couple times, it requires a nuanced view of the individual case. And clearly in the case of the Markell family, that's what we're dealing with here. We are. And, you know, Governor DeSantis, when he uh, when this bill hits his desk and he's considering whether to sign it or veto it, he has a strong track record of standing up to protect parents, He's got a strong rack, uh, track record of tackling those nuanced policy issues. And I think he has a great opportunity here as governor to the nation's largest portion of grandparent-aged voters to make a real difference and take a stand. Karen, is anybody fighting this? Uh, I understand, you know, the uh, family law section of the Florida Bar has historically been opposed to it. They waived in opposition multiple times this past session when it was being heard. Um, and, you know, we've heard their arguments as well. Uh, but I think when it comes down to it, this bill creates ex- extremely narrow and very important opening support for grandparents. And, and ultimately, at, at the end of the day, it really just protects children. Karen, thanks for your continued work in this and helping the Markell family. It's uh, man, Justice to me is served only when they get their grandsons back into their lives. Um, it's not just about what happens in a courtroom. Thanks so very much for the time and, and all your work. Thank you so much, Preston. All right. Karen Cypher's with us this morning. That's House Bill 1119. Hoping the governor's peeps are listening to the broadcast and uh, that uh, legislators get this bill handed to them soon. Thanks for listening to a clip from The Morning Show with Preston Scott. If you want to hear more, check out the Preston Scott podcast on the iHeartRadio app or listen live 6 to 9 a.m. on WFLA Tallahassee in Panama City.